Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It has been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we're in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on. It leads to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And that is the purpose of this podcast. Now, if I'm sounding like I'm excited, it is for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, I've been recording a ton of Warlord casts re recently, so I haven't done that intro in real life in a long time. So it's really good to be back in the cast dice saddle. It is also fantastic to have my guest on today. Now, this show often talks, I talk with gamers who have been uh, enjoying different games, and we talk about those games. Uh, I talk to the people who create those games, and I also talk to people who go and uh, create events where people can go and play. The man I'm having on right now is sort of, I guess he falls into every category and then some. Uh, he is a rock star of the hobby world. Uh, if you are not familiar with his work, you should probably check him out immediately. Not only is he a prolific gamer and hobbyist, but uh, he is, uh, he, I'll let him explain exactly how his job works, but he's a consultant that helps game companies, especially smaller ones, um, make decisions and to plan out a lot of the social media interactions that you as gamers interact with the game companies that we talk about on this podcast. Not only that, but he's an Australian living in Baltimore. Uh, and when I lived in Baltimore last, he was my roommate. And now I'm an American living in Australia. So if that's not the yin and the yang, I don't know what is. So we must be talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Taylor. Welcome back to Cast Ice. <laughs> I, I always love I always love coming on the podcast to see what the uh, introduction is going to be, Brad. Oh, mate, it awesome. gets harder every time you come on because I'm like, oh, how am I going to talk about what are we going to oh, talk yes. about this time? Next time it's going to be, hey, it's Dave. <laughs> that is never going to happen. Keep yeah. it super simple. Oh, man. There, it, no, no, no. Doing well, mate. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to talk to you, brother. How are you doing? I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is uh, and something that we haven't talked about on this podcast. And weirdly, I've had a lot of people uh, messaging the show wanting to kind of talk about. It. And I think this has to do with the fact that I've sort of been doing a lot of the Warlord cast recently. Is I've had a lot of people wanting to talk about the the sort of the world that we're in now. Um, I know that some companies, sorry, countries, and I guess game companies by extension are starting to uh, lighten up on restrictions. And but. It, it's been a different world for the last six to eight, four, however many weeks those of us have been where we are. Um, and that's really changed gaming. And as a man who's got his fingers, as I said in the intro, in a lot of pies in the gaming world, I thought it would be a good idea to have you on to talk about gaming in the world of COVID. Um, first of all, how has it impacted you? I mean, A, this is your job. But also, B, um, you are a man who lives, breathes, and everything else is hobby. How does this? How has this affected you? Um, I think it's it, it's been a very interesting one for me. Uh, I had, was working up towards uh, Adepticon. Adepticon was set to be um, kind of the weekend of. Um, well, I think it was going to start around March twenty fifth. Right, and I was working very hard with uh probably six or seven different companies 
mm-hmm. uh, to try and wrap some project wrap projects up for those companies before I hit Adepticon. Uh, and then my plan was to kind of relax a bit after Adepticon mm-hmm. uh, and um, do a little bit of painting for myself and just work steadily through some projects that I've got on the on the go, some longer term projects. And uh, so I managed to get a lot of my work done before Adepticon. Uh, and then, of course, Adepticon didn't happen. Surprise. Uh, yeah. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the... Um, I have a group of uh, very good friends that I meet every I meet up with every year at Adepticon, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of as soon as it was announced that that was closing, uh, that we were all canceling. Uh, we were like, "Oh, we've got to do something." So we've been having uh, Zoom meetings every every Friday night. Nice. Since then, um, just to sit down and we we all just hobby and we all just talk complete crap about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's been a, a very interesting dynamic uh, kind of thing. But so uh, anyway, business-wise, uh, things are going okay for me. It's kind of uh, I kind of plan to be in a quieter situation, and it's definitely uh, definitely that. Yeah. But I know that um, for all sorts of companies uh, through the sort of across the spectrum, um, everybody's dealing with it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, so there, the, it seems like the, the smaller companies that um, that make digital products, or that make PDFs, um, that kind of thing, or uh, like a one-person operation and they ship out of their house and that kind of thing, they're surviving. Yeah, they're doing okay. Uh, the sort of the backbone of um, the sort of tabletop wargaming industry is the, in my opinion, is the um, the local gaming store, friendly local gaming store. Agreed. Uh, I think a lot of them are doing it fairly tough, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, some of them are able to do either curbside pickup or deliveries or uh, mail order, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, actually, I just I spent some money with my local gaming store just uh, earlier this week uh, for an, a new project that I've got coming up. Uh, so I was glad to be able to do that. Uh, distributors in the US. Uh, I know that um, I think all of them are now closed. There might just be one or two that are still um, distributing product. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, much of it depends on on where in the country they are, what state they're in, what um, the state guidelines are, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, so there's definitely been um, been some serious disruption. Uh, one of the things that uh, that I've been seeing is that's great is I think at least fifty or sixty um, publishers have started working with retailers on um, basically uh, almost like rebate programs I guess. Uh, so if if customers come along and, and order on the the publisher's website uh, for a product that the publisher can send them, if they know note down what their local store is uh the percentage that the local store would usually have got will be sort of transferred to that store oh that's fantastic i didn't know that was happening uh yeah i know i'm not sure if it's only happening in the u.s but uh it's definitely a, a great thing that um where publishers recognize that the stores are incredibly important mm. and i'm um, trying to do everything they can to make sure that um that money keeps going to those stores. 
So um, definitely uh, great to, to see that kind of thing. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're sort of some of my observations about what's going on. Nice. How about you? What have you seen? Well, have you had the opportunity to see anything? <laughs> yeah, well, I um, because the end of last term, because we were ramping up uh, in Australia, for those who don't live here, um, we don't have a giant two month summer holiday from like or three month summer holiday from like June to August like the U.S. does, um, depending, you know, how that all breaks up. We have a month of Christmas and then we have two weeks between each term. And um, at the end of first term, um, there was a lot of uncertainty about whether we'd shut down, whether we were going to go online, how it was all going to work. And so um, a lot of I didn't get out to get a lot of gaming in before everything shut because I was so busy with work. So I actually, my, I wouldn't say that my social isolation started earlier, but my lack of gaming started earlier. Um, right. And, but as a, as a side effect of that, I've been spending a lot of time doing solo hobby. Um, and for the very first time I have, I mean, God, the last time I did a role playing session properly since high school was in university, and I embarrassingly, and it was it was a good game. I don't want to speak disparagingly of it, but um, I literally fell asleep sitting up, um, which for those who know me is impossible. So I, I, I was tired, but it also it it wasn't my thing. Um, and recently, um, the co-host from the Beyond the First Marker podcast, um, that's also on this network, and I, uh, he's put together a. Um, Call of Cthulhu role-playing group. Uh, and it started out as just an experiment to see if it worked. But then we've been doing that uh, most Sunday nights. Uh, and i got to say, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think because we're not going for the marathon eight-hour session, um, it's, you know, short two, two-and-a-half-hour bites. And it's, you know, that one that Sunday night every night gives me something to look forward to. And it's a great way to interact with some friends that I don't, you know, I well, I would normally see, but then... I haven't been. So for me, that's been pretty fantastic. Um, but other than that, it's been a lot of painting. Um, there have been some really great online communities that have sprung up uh, in the last month or two where people um, are are saying, hey, I can't get it to my local game club. Hey, let's here's a bunch of people who I normally game with, and I've been tagged into a couple of those. Um, and it's just people sharing hobby, sharing uh, games that they can play by themselves. Um, and yeah, it, it's just been it's it's been pretty wonderful to see the way the gaming community has kind of maintained positivity and really tried to be there for their fellow man, if that makes sense. Um, yep. yeah, i'm 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 super Definitely. impressed. Uh, before I jump on to other stuff, are you seeing things similarly to that, Jave? Uh, yeah, very definitely, very definitely. Um, so I, I mentioned Adepticon mm. there because it's the, um, a, a very big event. I think this year they're ex they're they had over six thousand pre registrations, uh, and they're expecting. Usually they get about another uh, fifteen twenty percent yeah. um, sort of walk up at the show. So it would have been over seven thousand attendees. Uh, and so many people put so much time and effort into painting up their armies to creating display boards, um, even uh, to the point of making tables worth of terrain for events that they run. Mm -hmm. 
all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and so when it was canceled, shortly after it was canceled, uh, a group of um, folks that usually do a lot of work at the show uh, put together an event, essentially an event, um, but a, more a, a Facebook page as well mm-hmm. uh, called Adepticant. <laughs> nice. I didn't. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, Adepticant 2020. Uh, so pretty much from then, uh, so it was the announcement was made uh, two weeks before the event uh, would have been held. And so for that following sort of two and a half weeks, there was a lot of activity in that group. Um, people showing off things that they would have been taking, mm-hmm. um, people getting excited that, that they'd actually finished their armies before they had to drag them to the uh, convention center. Mm-hmm. Uh, all sorts of things like that. I, I think a group of uh, folks who would have been running classes, like uh, hobby classes at the show, um, put on like, I think, three or four days worth of like 24-7 Twitch streaming. That's cool. Uh, so we sort of cycled through a lot of like tag team effort to um, to just provide loads of content um, online, which was fantastic. Uh, there's a, uh, a podcast called uh, Paint All the Minis. I was going to say Paint All the Minis Con. Yeah, that was yeah what I was going to bring up next. It's so good. Yeah, that was uh, so uh, Dan from Paint All the Minis mm-hmm. uh, podcast uh, was like, okay, well, there's Adepticon's been canceled. Uh, Salute is likely to be canceled. Um, there's a lot of vendors who would have been going to those shows. Um, some some vendors going to both shows um, who are going to miss out on a lot of uh, a lot of revenue, but also over ten thousand people that would have been going to the shows that are missing out on that convention experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Paint All the Minis Con was an online convention. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to be involved in that. I ran a an entrepreneur's alley. So I rustled up uh, five of my f- friends who all have uh, tabletop wargaming businesses and mm-hmm. uh, organized a, like, so the whole thing was done on discord. So mm-hmm. I was able to organize um, some discord channels in that server for them uh, where they could uh, chat with the attendees of the convention. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool. It was a very sort of, interesting innovative approach uh there were some great folks who were involved um in the uk and the us uh and yeah it was a a great event yeah and those guys just uh put out their first hardcover book um for those who are familiar with this podcast will know um patch and brian from and Seamus and Casey from the the Ghost Army days slash all the other Bolt Action podcasts slash everything else. Um, and they were all uh, associated with the new hardcover book. And a lot of other people contributed to it as well. But uh, the Paint All the Minis Annual 2020, uh, that just came out. And I know that folks yep. can uh, order those uh, on demand. And I am trying to find, I believe it's uh, Drive, is it Drive Through RPG that you can order that? I think it's drive through RPG. Yeah, yeah. that's. I'm just yeah. checking the link. Yep, it is drive. Yeah, and it, guys, if you haven't checked that out, that is an awesome book. Um, and yeah, it's one of those great tabletop. Sorry, uh, coffee table books. That's great for okay. tabletop gamers. So yeah, yeah I highly recommend lo- it. Loads of different uh, styles of articles in there, mm. which is really cool. Definitely good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Go I'm super excited to see that uh, Brian Cook was involved in that. Mm. So. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and he put in so many hours on that. I know Seamus did as well. Yeah. Those guys, yeah, top notch. I mean, so many gamers that I follow on Facebook whose work I absolutely adore. His work is in that book. And I'm just going, yep, got to wait for things to arrive, which I guess is um, <laughs> kind of the yeah. other thing. I mean, a lot of companies had to shut down. Uh, and, you yeah. know, understandably, please, you know, yeah. I'm not complaining. Definitely shut down if you have an organization and there's a risk of, um, you know, COVID spread through your work. I, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. But it is interesting that how some companies were shutting down and some companies were able to stay open. As you mentioned, a lot of the small companies uh, were able to stay open. For example, I know that I wasn't able to get product uh, for certain companies because they had to close. Uh, but then I know that smaller local shops, as you said, and local distributors had it on their, you know, through their online sales, or I called them up and they were able to mail it. And so, you know, mail from Australia has been great because I've gotten a lot of things that I, I, you know, would have normally had to wait forever. But I am waiting for a uh, bolt action Vietnam box, basically an army of models. And I've been waiting for it for. God, five weeks now? Um, yep. And I know the company put it out. I, I totally trust that they do. It's a company I've ordered for before. I love their work. Yep. It's coming. But international mail is brutal. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, making for a frustrating situation because it's one of those things like, I really want to paint some stuff. Like Because I know Patch and Casey have been posting a lot of stuff through Paint All the Minis and through um, the uh, VC on the Trail slash Bolt Action Vietnam Facebook pages. But, you know, I don't have the models to join them. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, and Ian, of course. Ian's stuff is fantastic. Sorry, Ian. I think um, one of the things that I'm um, – one of the, the things that I hope it becomes a, uh, a positive aspect of this is that – and previously we've, we've all been very – it's always like, oh, here's the next shiny thing and we want to move on to the – what's the next thing we want to move on to? What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean, Dave? I've never done that in my life. I know, I know that's an alien concept to you. Uh, yes. And that you're not, not that that's the uh, focus of this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think um, there's the, the opportunity now for, for people to go, okay, well, I'm going to concentrate on this, this thing, this one thing that I, I can now complete. I can finish this one project, then yeah. I can move on to the next project. Um, or it might be a, Oh yeah, I want to. I want to get that thing. I want to move on to the next project, and you order it, and it's going to take a while for things mm -hmm. to arrive. Um, so there's the opportunity to complete the project that you were working on when you ordered the new stuff halfway through. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, hopefully it'll, it'll give people the opportunity to to sort of pause a little bit and take their time and mm -hmm. work through. Um, well, it's, yeah. gi it's given me that an opportunity because I had I've been wanting to work on my GI Joe slash Cobra 156 scale uh, bolt action scale army forever because I'm a nerd <laughs> and I love that stuff. Yep. And it's really given me the opportunity to um, thanks to Patch who painted a majority of the it, the bulk infantry for the force. Um, I've been able to paint vehicles and character models and some of those B-grade personalities that were fantastic from, you know, circa 1980s villains, um, right. which has been great. But I'm super slow at painting uh, character models. And so for me, it's just I'm going to try and paint one a day. 
and thanks to Patch doing the the, the rank and file, it's been the last couple of weeks I've just been hammering through that. But now I'm starting to feel a heavy duty pull. On one hand, I desperately want to paint some bot war minis and I want to paint some more war, uh, models for Warlords of Erewhon because I want armies done when this is finished right. and I want to be able to come out and throw it down on the table and play with my friends. But by the yep. same token, I've recently purchased um, a copy of Blackstone Fortress with the giant uh, Escalation expansion for $50 total. Um, oh, nice. Well, I got it because it, they didn't have any models. People keep buying the sets and se- you know for the models and then getting rid of all the extra stuff. Well, as you, I'm sure, can agree, like you can sympathize with, I'm sitting on Smog's horde of GW models. Uh, and while I've <laughs> sold a lot of my old armies, I have mountains of one-off personality models sitting in the back of figure cases that I've been trolling through for the last week. Turns out I have most of a set of what I need to play Blackstone with the expansion. So with the rules and the board tiles and the dice, I'm ready to go. Um, So I have that. And then um, Gaslands is a fave for me. And I think you've been playing it some too. That author just came out with um, the beta rules for Perilous Tales, which is a solo slash you can play with other people too, but you can play it solo pulp game. Thing. Yeah, yep. so good. Uh, and then, you know, uh, there's been other uh, games that I've been looking at that also have solo elements. I know Rick, um, actually not Rick, uh, Warlord put out some Monster Hunt solo rules for Warlords of Erewhon. And so we're starting to see more and more and more solo play opportunities come up. Mansions of Madness, all these awesome games. And I'm yep. like, oh, God. I just I need to finish these army projects so when this is we know when we get released I can play but by the same same token ooh I can play now but uh, I'm yeah. I'm struggling with that are you finding something similar um, and then I want to I want to start asking you about online gaming after that so radio how are you going um, I uh, so I'm going to like freely admit that uh, I don't. For, for me, the gaming isn't a particularly important part. Mm. Um, like the gaming itself, the gaming is the excuse to paint the miniatures mm. and uh, and to see my friends. Yeah, really. So that's that's the, the gaming is the. So if I'm not gaming, as long as I'm still able to paint the miniatures and see my friends and maybe plan for a big game mm-hmm. in the future, uh, then that's that's cool with me. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't haven't been really missing the gaming aspect too much uh i know with my uh both my daughters being home uh we've played a lot more board games over the last uh six weeks than than previous uh but i mean we've played uh there's a game called stuffed fables Mm -hmm. not sure so it's a, a miniatures uh slash role-playing such sort of storybook adventure kind of game cool uh, which is very cool uh i painted the painted the miniatures for it on um the live stream that i do painting happy little minis mm-hmm. uh I, I painted the heroes on that and my daughters painted all of the the villains the bosses and the minions nice uh so we've been enjoying playing that as well uh so i guess my from the gaming aspect i get my fix from that mm-hmm but uh, but I, I I will admit it has been very interesting to see how um, folks have been tackling um, gaming. 
I don't I, I expect you saw um, I think the videos from um, uh, from Michael Perry. Yes, yes, he's done some awesome stuff, hasn't he? Um, is that's um, videos of their game room, right? Uh, videos of the game room. So yeah, uh, Michael did a video of his game room, and then uh, Alan did a video of his game room. Mm-hmm. But uh, Michael at one point was also talking about the uh, the game that he ran with. Oh, I I I'm, feel terrible because I can't remember his opponent. But uh, his opponent, basically, it was just after lockdown had started in the UK. So they weren't able to get together for the game. Uh, but he just ran it all through his phone. And it was basically, he'd show show the um, the person he was playing, uh, like, here's, here's where your army is set up. Where would you like to move it? Kind of thing. Um, awesome. So he was able to relay instructions on, on how to advance. Um, but it was that was all done from, like, a miniature's eye view. Oh, so cool! It was the general sort of walking up and down behind the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things, things like that, um, are super cool. Uh, during the the paint all the minis online convention, uh, some folks were running um, uh, demo games via uh, like via a Zoom meeting or mm-hmm. um, Skype call or something like that, where basically the person running the demo had everything set up in front of them, uh, in front of the camera. And they'd ask the person who was playing the game, like, okay, well, where would you like to move next? How would you like to do this? I'll roll your dice for you, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I know that uh, James Baldwin, uh, who makes um, The Drowned Earth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know he, the name. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not familiar with the game, so you may want to give a little bit more info on that one. Oh sure. Um, yeah, the Drowned Earth is a post-apocalyptic uh, game. It's it's like set thousands of years after an apocalypse, uh, where the the sea levels on on Earth have, have risen dramatically. Maybe it's not thousands of years. Maybe it's hundreds of years after mm. it. But uh, so imagine a setting which is like in um, the center of London, where the water levels have risen like sixty feet. Oh wow. So everything you know is all on, like deep underwater, um, but you can move around between the office blocks. Uh, you could swim, or you can um, throw ropes across to swing across. Uh, you can build bridges, uh, that kind of thing. It's but it's all about moving around, um, achieving objectives, and and so on. Nice. But uh, he he, I saw one comment from him which I just thought was fantastic. So he'd uh, put together a team of people to help him with the convention um, from across the globe. And he said at one point, so he he wrapped up on the Saturday afternoon at about five o'clock UK time, went and had his dinner, popped back into the convention, um, which was able to do because it was all all online. Yeah. Just back in and to see uh, one of his guys in Chicago running a demo game for somebody in Germany so cool and it's like that's yeah. like just conceptually that is the most amazing and wonderful thing that i can think of yeah man so uh it's just been absolutely uh things like that where people are being super inventive um people are taking their the time to to get things sort of sorted out and worked out and making sure that their passion um which might be like might skew heavily towards the gaming aspect mm-hmm uh, whereas my excuse was the painting aspect, um, 
just to to make that happen, which is great. I think um, there's a so a tabletop simulator. That's what I was going to bring up. Steam had that awful, awful, evil sale where they made Tabletop Simulator 50% off and the entire world, it seems, bought in at once. Yep. Yep. Indeed. I think um, the a lot of devotees of uh, A Song of Ice and Fire mm-hmm. from Simon uh, have sort of put together the uh, basically you can play now play a song of ice and fire on tabletop simulator against somebody else on another part of in another part of the planet yeah i mean the uh, star wars legion community has been doing that for a while but all of a sudden um bolt action is now being played like that and uh blood red skies and i mean even you know quote-unquote smaller games like and when I say this, it is a GW game, so it's not really smaller. But I know people are still playing games like Blackstone Fortress, for example. Um, in fact, okay. most games that I looked up were on there, and it's it's kind of crazy. But it, it yeah. almost involves another skill set to learn how to you know, move your units, to roll right. the dice. And there's some basic, I mean, it takes a little bit of time and effort to figure it out. And because I'm doing all the online uh, teaching things, I'm staring at a screen literally 10, 12 hours a day at the moment. I, right. my, I literally can't stare at a screen. any. I stopped watching television. I, my eyes hurt. I can't do it. So yep. the idea of like, oh, now I'm going to go play a game. Hell no. Um, but <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I mean, just the globalization of tabletop gaming I mean, it was, I mean, we've been communicating globally forever. I mean, case in point, this podcast, what we're doing right now. Yep. But, you know, that is a, that's a big step for gaming to have people have the time and the inkling and I guess the drive to create the opportunities where people can play those games globally, not just talk about them, not just interact around it, but to actually play it. Um, that's, that's pretty spectacular. And I think that's going to change the way we look at tabletop gaming going into the future. Yeah, I think it, um, I think it is. I don't know exactly how, right. Yeah. Um, out yet, but, uh, no, it's definitely, it's going to change it, but, um, it's gonna be part of me is super excited and part of me is, uh, kind of worried as well. Yeah. But we'll see. But I mean, there's, <laughs> when we lived together, I was heavily into gaming and my painting was terrible. Um, and you, I mean, even back then you were super hobby focused. And, uh, one of the things I loved about when we lived together was uh, though I stayed at the house very few nights, I think maybe two, (laughs) um, I was there long enough to see you. And I used to live with, um, another hobby guru, uh, Jason Buyaki, who I did spend every night with. Um, and just that that discipline of putting in a little bit of time every night or a lot of time in some cases yep. um but just to get those that hobby um I, I i you know i think i slept on those skills for a decade and then all of a sudden started applying them to my own work and um once you know i started taking i don't know more i don't know if it was more pride i, I don't know if the penny dropped for me but all of a sudden right. i started painting more and taking it more seriously and investing that time and I really enjoyed that, but I mean, God, that took me 20 plus years to, to sort of, to make that decision. And that skewed me somewhere towards the middle between the gaming and the hobby. And I'm going more heavily hobby all the time. 
So I think, but there are so many people out there who painting and the hobby are more important or just as important as gaming that I don't think we're ever going to see, you know, tabletop gaming disappear. In fact, I mean, just look at the technology and the way that people are sharing painting tips and the new washes and the new paints and the new brushes and the new everything that allows us to create hobby at a, at a, you know, at a whole new level. I mean, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. And yeah, I'm pretty excited no, about that. Not at all. Not at all. I think it's, um, it's definitely, it's, I mean, if, if it was purely about the gaming and the, the thing that, then everybody would be playing with chits yeah. and, and online, um, they, they would have been doing that even before this. Correct. Uh, but the miniatures are an important part um, the the getting together over a, over a table mm-hmm. um, over a couple of years is such an important part. The um, the socializing is a very important part of it all. Totally. And then um, the the one part of the hobby that very rarely sort of gets singled out is is the uh, sort of the supposition part of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's, for some people the hobby is just talking about gaming. It's not even necessarily playing a game. I'm feeling it's... personally attacked right now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I don't mean like this. I know. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm, kidding. I'm, the, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I spend, yeah. spend hours just talking with their friends about army lists. Yep. Exactly. Why, yep. why would you not put these ten guys in there instead of those five guys? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, armchair, so... de- the armchair uh, commander debates just never end. Yep. Yep. For sure. Yep. Right and I think on. that's that's a it's it's a super important part of it. Yeah, definitely. It is. Now, I do want to talk about and I know you mentioned it, but I I want to take a, an actual hard break and draw a giant circle around this. Um okay. you are um one of the contributors slash one of the star talents of and I do say that to embarrass you. Um <laughs> a a YouTube channel slash show that is Paint the Happy Little Minis. Um, uh, yeah. Painting happy little minis. Yeah. yeah. Painting happy yep. little minis. Um, now you've been doing that for three years. No, no. Um, that'll be actually, it'd be crazy. It'll be three years in Oct- three years in November, but so okay. two, two and a half. Okay. Let's say two and a half years. Uh, yeah, it's a, um, it's a show that's part of, um, game trade media, which is the, Kind of the video marketing arm of Alliance Game Distributors mm-hmm. uh, here in the US. Uh, so the idea of the show is that uh, each week um, for two hours at, um, on a Thursday, uh, I sit down uh, with my co-host Gretchen and we paint uh, miniatures that uh, Alliance distributes. So they distribute uh, GW, uh, Warlord. Um, uh, Simon, uh, they put out a ridiculous number of games. I mean, when I used to oh. work for GW in sales, we would talk about how much we sent to Alliance, and those numbers were staggering because quite a few. And I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here, Dave, and you can cringe slash laugh at this. Um, but quite a few game stores way back when, when Games Workshop was the quote unquote evil empire, wouldn't order through Games Workshop. They would only yep. order through Alliance. Um, yep. And so Alliance is, is a massive company. Yep. 
definitely. Uh, it, it is indeed. Um, they have four warehouses, four re- like a, a regional mm-hmm. warehouse in each, uh, each of the main regions. So east, uh, midwest, southwest, and west coast. Um, and yeah, the, the warehouses are huge. They have uh, thousands of upon thousands of different uh, product lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, the um, we sit down and usually it's something that's uh, like a fairly recent release. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll paint, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's part entertainment and part sort of informational. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the products that we're using. Um, we uh, we might be using Vallejo paints, or we might be using Citadel paints, or mm-hmm. we might be using um, the Army Painter paints. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mix of, uh, it could be a mix of all three. Could be a mix of, it could be something else as well. But uh, yeah, we talk through different techniques, uh, different approaches. Uh, we have a chat running so that um, folks can jump in and, and talk about or ask us questions, talk about what they're doing, um, and yeah, just get as much information in an entertaining way out as possible. Definitely, we have a have a Facebook group as well um, and uh, called painting happy little minis and mm. each week uh we grab uh somewhere between like 20 and 30 sort of pictures um of models from folks who have posted them up in the group over the week uh and show them on the show and uh talk about them and point out the the things that we like about them uh the, the things we where we think people have done really well uh on painting those minis yeah I mean, you got to so, be like a kid in a candy store being able to pull out of Alliance's back catalog and then to be able to... I mean, that was the other thing that I think I learned from... Less so than Jason, because when I lived with Jason, he was basically stood over with me with a stick and said, Don't do that! Like, paint better! Ah! And it was a lot more <laughs> German. Um, but when, you, when I lived with you, um, or when I spent time when you were hobbying, you've always made hobby fun. And it's always been the enjoyment of it. And it wasn't a task to get through so much as it was the journey. And how can we make this a good time? Let's, let's, let's talk shop or, you know, talk, watch a bad movie while we're doing this and laugh at it. And so for you to take that to, you know, the masses, so to speak in an online show, I think is genius because I've always loved watching you paint. You've always made it fun. So yeah, man, it it is, it is something I, uh, I think over, over time, Particularly, I, I might have done that sort of thing without being sort of super conscious of it. Mm-hmm. But over time, I realized that it's there's no there's no one right way. There are multiple right ways. Right. There are probably some, there are some wrong ways as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, those are going to differ sort of from person to person. Yeah. So it's if I can help people by saying like, here's how I approach it. Here's why I'm doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a different way you could try it. Here's an, a, here are two or three different ways you can try it. Um, feel free to experiment. Um, it, I think it's, that's helpful for people because it, it should be fun. I mean, I, I know I enjoy it. Uh, yeah. It's definitely um, what relaxes me and um, sort of interests me. Like the, just seeing something come to life, you, to go from like gray plastic to a really cool painted mini. Totally. Is just awesome. And if we're able to do that over the course of a two hour show, um, that's definitely cool. I remember just um, as a quick anecdote, I remember just recently, just before um, 
sort of everything uh, went a bit crazy. Uh, we painted up some of the uh, Dothraki from uh, the Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. and rather than try and paint the like entire paint the whole miniature, we just focused on the horses. So we talked about painting cavalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about so I think um, so Gretchen has done a lot of horseback riding, uh, and she's done a lot of um, sort of medieval sword work. Cool. So it was great to have her like she she picked out a, a paint scheme that she wanted to to do so she was just painting away at that gretchen's been painting miniatures for about 18 months now um so she's still learning approaching it from a from a learning perspective mm-hmm. which so she and also she loves to experiment so she was working on a particular style and then i i was like okay well i'm going to take these three horses and work out uh, paint them all in a different color scheme a different sort of colored horse but also different techniques for each of them. Mm-hmm. So being able to explain that to people on the on the show and um, to have things like, okay, well if, we, if we're going to uh, we're going to try and give this horse some texture, just very fine texture, very sort of fine highlights with um, like little tiny brush strokes mm-hmm. to get that that sort of fur, um, the the horse hair texture. Yeah, um, doing it that, and then this one we're just going to hit it with a, a contrast paint. And say jobs are good, and this one we're going to just highlight up with in a sort of more of smooth approach. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do that sort of thing is a lot of fun. I enjoy doing that, and and giving people empowering people to paint really. Yeah, and showing them that it's okay to experiment. And to, I mean, yeah. when you do that on the stream, and you're showing the different ways of doing it. It, as you say, it draws a giant underline under the fact that there is more than one way to do these things. And I know a lot of the time. I think less so now, but more so back in the day, there was the, you know, the people who, who painted, quote unquote, were good painters. And then how do you paint like them? And whereas now there's a lot, there's a lot of different ways to paint. And who's to say you can't, as you just described, mix and match as you go. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, uh, so many different approaches. And the thing I, I love now, particularly with uh, stuff like Instagram, uh, you can mm-hmm. go through and you can see, like 50 different painting styles and 50 different approaches. And somebody might, might put up a model that isn't, doesn't have a smooth spot anywhere on the paint paint job. Mm-hmm. And it's just fine because the result that they've got is just like, it's a work of art. Right. It's a fantastic piece of uh, piece of art. So I think it's like, if you can appreciate uh, pointillism and surrealism and Dadaism and, mm-hmm. uh, the abstract expressionism and <laughs> nice them all at once apply that to miniatures as well yeah so absolutely well cool. dave we um one of the reasons you came on today i should say uh was to talk about something that you are doing for your work which is helping to help a company to set up a Kickstarter. Now, the Kickstarter um, kicks off this week, um, the 1st of May, and it is uh, it, it looks amazing. Now, I've been looking at, um, I mean, you sent me things about Studio X a long time ago, uh, yep. and I know the, the Kickstarter got pushed back, but why don't you tell us a little bit about this? It's... The minis, the mini masterworks team have put together a really cool. I don't want to call it a case, 
but I guess it's kind of a case that it allows you to travel with your hobby. Because I know that sometimes that can be a real problem when you try and have your paints in one hand, your brushes in the other, you have your minis, you have everything else that goes along with it, a wet palette, you know, somewhere to put your paint while you're painting. It ends up being a bloody mess. And then, you know, things get rubbed off and broken and that doesn't help anything. At least that's been my experience. Maybe it's the way I travel. Um, Dave, talk to us about this because it's awesome. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything you said there is, uh, is pretty much spot on. Uh, but yeah, uh, so one of the things that Dave Taylor Miniatures does is uh, we consult with uh, miniatures companies and help them uh, fill gaps in their skill sets. Right. So in this case, uh, my friend John McAvoy of uh, Mini Masterworks uh, came to me and said, Dave, I've got this, we've been working on this product, developing this product for um, 18 months, basically, mm -hmm. uh, which um, he was calling the Studio X. And I was like, that's a pretty cool name to start with. Tell it me is. more about this Studio X. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, uh, it's, it all kicked off because um, his wife, who's also a painter, uh, wanted some way to uh, hang her brushes near her painting station at home, but, but hang them so that the ferrules were pointing and the um, bristles were pointing down. Right. So the advantage of that, of course, is that if you still have water in your brush, it doesn't get down and expand the um, the half of the brush, which pushes out the ferrule, and mm -hmm. you can then start to lose hairs from it. Um, so hanging them upside down is the best way to store brushes. Yeah. Um, so she started doing that, and I was like, okay, well, what if I want to take these brushes that are in this um, sort of hanger that I've bodged up uh, somewhere else? How do I carry them around so they stay pointed down? So that's when they started moving into the idea of a, an actual thing that could be a product. Uh, so the Studio X now is a, is essentially, it's a case, as you said, it's travel, it's a traveling case mm -hmm. that um, is about eight inches by eight inches by about 12 and a half to 13 inches. Is uh, that all it looks, I mean, because it's so many pieces and I know you'll get to that crammed together. <laughs> it looks good as I've only seen press photos it looks huge uh yeah it's it's only about uh it's, it's only those dimensions it is That's uh amazing. it is kind of surprising um but it's uh they, they've done a, a fantastic job they worked with a um they've worked with a design company a, like a 3d engineering company that does work with um uh, a lot of the high-end uh car companies mm -hmm. so like porsche and um uh, other companies like that um so the designers that also were that worked on it so i think there was like three or four designers went through and uh and helped them uh realize this uh like two out of the two or three out of the four of them are miniature painters as well so fantastic they already had a shared language to um to sort of help create this thing mm -hmm. but the uh it has two wet palettes um that sort of sit on the bottom of the case mm -hmm. so i guess imagine a um Something that has a tray and has two sides that come up, uh, two sort of thin strips that come up around the sides right. uh, that meet at a handle across the top. Yeah. So the top uh, is the section where the brush hanger fits in. Mm -hmm. uh, so that brush hanger is remo removable. You can take it out, stick it next to your um, painting station at home, take it off the wall, stick it back in your uh, Studio X case. Uh, so you have that sitting up in the middle and the brushes hang down in the middle of the case. Uh, at the bottom uh, is 
place for two wet pallets to fit in. Those wet pallets are about seven and a half inches square, um, about an inch tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they fit into place. And then on the sides, I guess maybe let's think of it as the front and the back, are two panels um, that then clip on. Those panels have two shelves each, and they have um, a nice uh, sort of divider that slides down in front of them. And those shelves are of a size where you could fit uh, on each of them, each shelf. So a total of four shelves in there. You could fit 12 uh, Vallejo paints Mm -hmm. or 12 uh, Army Painter paints, 12 of the paints from uh, Monument, the Pro Acryl range, Mm -hmm. anything that's in that sort of dropper bottle size. Mm -hmm. So you could fit 48 paints in there. That's amazing. Uh, I know most of I, I use a lot of the same paints all the all the time because I have particular recipes that I like to to follow and not mm-hmm. have to think about painting. Yeah. Uh, but generally, a, a project of mine will probably have around thirty paints in it, uh, so I can definitely uh, can fit all those in and have some spare as well. So once I've worked out what project that I'm working on that I'm going to carry around and uh, and work on, I can use that. Uh, the on those shelves though. If you uh, one of those is basically room to put miniatures mm-hmm. uh, instead of paints, uh, so you can yeah carry around. If you're going to be heading over to a friend's place and painting, a, you want to just want to take your um, Warcry warband, mm-hmm. or um, you're painting up a, a squad of um, the British for a bolt action, you're about to fit those on one of those shelves, mm-hmm. slide the divider in, clip it onto the the case. And uh, you're good to go. And at the top, um, sort of bracketing each side of the the handle and the brush hanger are um, what we're calling tool trays. Mm-hmm. The trays that um, they're large enough to you could fit clippers in there, you can fit glues, you can fit uh, hobby knives, files, um, bits. You could like have one of them full of bits for the project you're working on, mm-hmm. um, bases, basing material. Uh, you can, and those come out as well, and you can actually use those as a water cup. If you didn't, if you have a, a you've got a bottle of water and you didn't bring a cup to pour it into, mm-hmm. you can use those. Uh, so it's super, super versatile. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with it, but it's designed to, to take your hobby on the go. So yeah. spending time at a, a local store, spending time at your friend's place, heading, a, heading to a convention, um, to sort of sit down and, and paint with friends. So listen, Dave, yeah. I've never stayed up late the night before with a group of friends painting for an event at a convention or a grand tournament. I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you would ever need to take all those things with you the night before a big event. Oh God, if Nobody, I had had this in the nineties, my armies would have looked much better at the last minute. Nobody I know has ever done that. Yes. As we all drink. Um, yes. I didn't realize it had the water cup as well. That is, I mean, yeah. I was blown away when I looked at this product. Um, and I, I was reading through some of the press that you sent me over. And it looks great. It looks fantastic. I am gobsmacked. It fits in the dimensions that you said earlier. Was it 8 by 8 by like 12? That's right, unbelievable. Well. That you get all of that in there, all of those paints, and I mean, the, it clearly so much thought's been put into it that you even have the water cup. I mean, that's amazing. 
Yeah, it is. Um, it is brilliant. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to say I came up with any of it because I didn't. It was all. Uh, it was John and his wife, and right. they've done a just done a brilliant job bringing all of those things together. Right. Um, and and because this is their this is their first um product that they're bringing to market, their first Kickstarter, um, and it's it's like so right up my alley. Um, it it was I had to step in and sort of help them out, um, which I'm really excited to do i'm really excited to see how things go on uh on the launch on friday um but it's definitely going to be cool yeah. it's um a great product but yeah as, as you mentioned before we had a did have a delay um we were initially going to launch it uh the week before adepticon and then have uh prototypes at adepticon mm-hmm. for the look at uh and uh yeah the just the, the week before it was uh, before the kickstarter was due to launch uh things sort of kicked off and it was like okay well this is a much there was a, at the time when new information like large chunks of new information were coming through every day yeah and i was like okay we we from what we did uh basically immediately was contact our um manufacturing partner in china mm-hmm. and say where are you guys at what's going on yeah totally uh, and they were like okay well we're still um they were they were back and operational but they weren't able to get all of their all of the materials supplied to them um from their suppliers because their suppliers weren't open yet right um trying to reopen in a a tiered sort of structure Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we were like okay well we need to we do need to wait then um we don't want to have we know that everyone has this uncertainty sort of hanging over them um we want to make sure that everything that we can do is as certain as possible right so um last uh well a week ago just over a week ago uh we heard from our manufacturing partner and and they said yep we're going to be good to go um nice go for it so yeah uh we were like okay well we need to jump in there before uh before their manufacturing capacity gets filled up yeah, really that's the thing. When the world reopens, it's going to reopen in a big way. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so we're running it now. Uh, we know that uh, people aren't able to travel now. Uh, so the idea of purchasing a, a traveling case, traveling studio for, um, for your painting is a little bit odd. But uh, we know that when, when it arrives, when we're fulfilling, um, people will be able to be out and about and will want to be traveling Yeah. Uh, with their hobby. Definitely, so, man. Good point. I hadn't even thought of that, but you're absolutely right. The once, <laughs> that's the other thing. When the world reopens, a we're going to be moving around a lot because we'll be tired of being at home. But also, yeah, b manufacturing will be. Yeah. Busy. I think for the for the for the getting out, even the, even the getting out to your local store um, or hanging out at a friend's place is mm-hmm. um, it's going to be th- those things we we haven't been able to do for the last six weeks, and we won't be able to do for we're not sure quite how long. Uh, but it's just going to be, there's going to be reconnecting. We're going to do, mm-hmm. there's going to be the great thing, um, that we're going to do the great reboot, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh man, so, I can't uh, wait for that. It's going to be a glorious day. It will be, will be. And it's a glorious series of days and years. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, none of us are going to take anything for granted anymore. God, I hope not. At least, 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, well, Dave, I'm sorry to say our time is uh, drawing sadly to a close. Uh, for those, I'm going to pull back the curtain one last time. For those who have been wondering, once I was saying earlier, when am I doing this? If you know, uh, I'm actually doing this on my lunch break. Uh, I'm using my recess and my lunch combined to record with Dave today. And if you can hear those little beeps in the background. Um, my students have started work this afternoon, uh, and I'm getting a million notifications, so I need to actually go. Uh, that said, um, I'm sure I'll be working till late in the night. Anyway, uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. It has been an absolute pleasure. I don't know if you guys can hear it at home, but I've had a giant smile on my dial this entire episode. This has been a lot of fun, and I'm so glad you were able to make the time tonight, your time, to, uh, to chat with us. Dude, any anytime. I always love always love talking to you, man. It's uh, it's great. And I just want to say uh, thank you very much uh, to yourself and to all of the educators who are listening, uh, who are going above and beyond uh, and doing fantastic work to uh, to keep our children educated. So thank you for that. Thanks, man. It's it. Yeah, we. Uh, Dude, it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's got to be super tough, and I know I couldn't do it. It's amazing. So. It's uh, it's been a whole new job the last month. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, it, you you don't sign up to teach to sit at a computer the entire day. I I am I've very adamantly said in recent years when I sat down to do my master's that I was not designed to sit in one chair for an entire day. I am a yep. uh, for those who know me, I'm manic. I'm always running around and you know, waving my hands and being loud and obnoxious, as you can probably imagine listening to this podcast. And so for me, primary school teaching is perfect because, you know, the kids like to say I'm a giant cartoon character and they love, you know, the, like the class yep. environment's what I do. So to try and do that online and through videos, uh, at least I had the YouTube channel up and running before this. So uh, I knew what I was doing. So, you know, videos have been fun, but it's still not the same. And I'm looking forward to the day where we're reopened. I mean, my kids are learning. They're, they're champions. I cannot believe how much they're learning and both what the computer program is and what they're learning through that computer program and how we're setting it. I'm, I'm super impressed, but I'm also, I can't wait for the day for this to be over. I, I really do. I was like, oh, this would be great. And now, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it to be done. But um, anyway, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I I do have to run, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I've had a lot of people asking why Cast Dice is sort of slowed off. It was only because we were doing a lot of Warlord casts, and there are only so many podcasts I can do in a week, um, especially now that uh, school is back and we are full full time. My capacity to be able to do hobby and or do podcasting is greatly reduced so um if my production slows down it's not because of anything other than you know i'm, I'm very busy with my job um teaching is very important that's why i do it and yeah that that takes first priority family and teaching is what's come first and my hobby sadly comes later and by sadly i mean if you enjoy the show and i'm not as often as i'm used to i'm sorry um we will continue soon but anyway on that note, ladies and gentlemen, yep. when you are playing the games that we know and love, as our good buddy Casey does say, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than anything else, we hope that you, at home, are having fun. This is Cast Dice saying good night. <laughs>
Are gone and that track 